1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome
2: to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. We are back on Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast, PassFans.com. I'm Russ Goldman. Along with me, as always, is Steve Balsheri today in the secret square and Derek Havens, who was at the Patriots game on Monday night. Definitely want Derek's thoughts on the game. This episode, we're going to look back at the victory. And I'm going to ask the question, is a win a win? It sounds simple, but we're going to talk a little bit about it. I have a poll I'm going to share with everyone because I just posted it. And thanks to Miguel, I got a good amount of votes on it. Was it a Patriots victory or a Cardinals loss? Which way do you look at it? So we're going to talk about that. Later on in the show, we will preview the upcoming game for the Patriots against the Vegas Raiders. And also, I I want to mention that uh, on the last show, I had said, well, a couple things. First of all, I got my prediction wrong on the game very badly. So I was wrong there. Thankfully, I was wrong. And also, I said the season is over. I said that on the last show. I'm going to clarify what I meant by that in the middle of the show. Okay. Before we get going, as always, please do subscribe on YouTube to the PatsFans.com YouTube channel. And also, do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe. It does help Patriots fans find us. Okay. So, guys, let's get going with this. And like I mentioned, I had done a poll just put it up, we just put it up. I thought this is a good place to start. And then, of course, Derek, I want to get your thoughts on the game. But let's start here because I think it's always a good place to start when we look at what the fans are thinking and what we're thinking as well. So let's start here. Derek, I want to get your thoughts. I'll share mine. Was it a Patriots win or a Cardinals loss? And you can't say a little bit of both. Don't <laughs> be on the fence here, my friend. And I'll share the, the results in a little bit.
1: I definitely think it was a Patriots win. Uh, I I felt like the the Patriots didn't have a great game again offensively, which is pretty much par for the course for the season. Uh, But I did think they made the most uh, they made the most plays in order to win the game. They did what they needed to do. Uh, You know, I thought that offensively there were continuous you know it's just there's just nothing that's in rhythm with this offense it's very hard for them to kind of sequentially put plays together I thought that they did a couple of times Uh, I I thought it was very fun if you listened to Steve and I talk about the draft in the offseason we talk about (laughs) you know you know constantly like the last few years you know we we talk about these you know team building and 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 how important it is to see the young guys step up this is yep. a poster child for your young players okay I mean and <laughs> it was awesome to see Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong and Marcus yep. Jones I mean man I hate to break my arm pat myself on the back but Marcus Jones is a dynamic playmaker for this team and it was you kind guys of like, called it. it it well I mean it's kind of I it I don't know if anyone saw this. I mean, what he's doing right now is really not usually done at the professional level. He's played he played, I want to say either eight or ten snaps on offense. He played special teams, uh, which he could be an all-pro at uh, you know, from a return standpoint. Defensively, he got his first pick. You know, I thought Cole Strange had some nice uh reps against JJ Watt. Uh I I, I really was impressed by a lot of the young guys on this team. Uh and look, it wasn't perfect. Uh the Cardinals certainly made Plenty of errors. It didn't help that the third play of the game, Kyler Mo- Murray went down, tore his yep. ACL. That's too bad for him, and you know, wish him a speedy recovery. That sucks to see. Uh, but honestly, I just thought that the Patriots were prepared for the game. I thought they executed pretty well for the most part, outside of you know several plays, obviously. But it was it, it was a, it was a good solid it was it was a good solid game, um, you know, across the board at least with our adjusted scale for what this team is.
2: Okay. And like I said, I want to talk about that in the middle of the show, Derek, before I go to Steve and I share the poll, I I want to just get back to you and just talk about your experience at the game. And I'm so glad that you got to experience this with your family. You got to meet other Patriots fans. Sounds like what we were talking about before we went live. You're a little bit surprised. You said maybe 60 to 40%, 40% being Patriots fans there.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was. A, so for people who have listened to us for a while, I don't know. So I live in Scottsdale now. I, I've spent time between the, you know, the greater Boston area and, and Arizona for the majority of my life. And, uh, you know, the last game I was at with my dad, I actually was I think it was 2013 on Christmas Eve versus the Dolphins at Gillette and um so he is he doesn't go to games very often um my brothers one of them had never been to a patriots game the other one hadn't been to a game a patriots game since uh 2000 when the cardinals wow. played the patriots at arizona state um, wow and wow. uh it was fun to go to the four of us uh you know we That's also great. went with our girlfriends fiancés uh, my stepmother was there uh we had a good time it was it was fun it was fun to be there all together we had amazing seats um you know, there was a ton of Patriots fans there. They were, uh, they were loud. They were animated. Um, I, I was in the parking lot and uh, two guys, I don't know if they're listening, but Alan and Dan um, were walking through. And we ended up just talking cause I commented on his Jersey. They were meeting some friends. Next thing I know, we're all in the parking lot and there's like 30 Patriots fans just <laughs> talking, having beers, you know, Talk about the season. I think twenty-eight of them wanted to fire Matt Patricia. That's fine. I well, agree. that's understandable. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that 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 voice was loud. And that's proud. you also,
0: out of thirty. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I know it's a small number. Um, I also met Sarah Marshall, which many of you know from Twitter. Oh. She was it was, uh, was it was excellent to, see, to talk to her um, and get her perspective. Um, and you know, it was just a really good time. You know, I I I've I've enjoyed. I everyone knows, you know. The three of us obviously, you know, care about the team a lot Um, and I've covered it from different angles before, but this one was different because it was fun to just spend it with, you know, your family and, you know, do that. So it was a good time. I appreciate you asking.
2: I'm glad Derek, you know, uh, when I saw you posting on uh, Twitter, tweeting about it, I was like, I was very happy for you. You all got to be together. You have your own Patriots family. I have mine, Steve, obviously we all have our own little Patriots family, but then when you get together with your existing family and then you meet new people, especially in Arizona, which has a huge Patriots fan club, by yeah. the way, they, they do. They're and massive. so for you to see that 40% is amazing. And you got to experience that people coming that you would not normally meet. I think that's great. I'm, and I'm very happy for you. Appreciate okay. It. Mr. Balistrier, before I go to you, I'm actually going to share the results of my poll and it's interesting and, and uh, always big thank you to Miguel because Miguel retweeted this and uh, it just gets it out there. There are 387 votes, Steve. The poll, the Miguel
1: ben- the Miguel Benson uh, bump is real. I don't know what to it tell It is
2: real. <laughs> it is absolutely real. This is literally an hour. Okay. So we have 387 votes, Steve. And the poll was, did the Patriots win the game or did the Cardinals lose it? Pats won it it's almost at 60% and Cardinals lost it at 40%. So very yeah. interesting results there. And again, that's a decent amount of votes. Honestly. I'm surprised.
1: I'm surprised by that guys. I'm not going to lie. I, yeah, I am. I, I, I didn't really think it was, I mean, there was mistakes by well, there are media Cardinals. members
2: that would, would go in the other direction. <laughs>
1: I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I'm surprised by that. I, I don't really agree with, uh, with, with, with that. That's because
0: a lot of these fans have been, Brainwashed, spoon fed this, this stuff for 20 something years. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And eventually it starts to stick. They question everything. And, you know, as I told Russ, as I told you offline, if we had flipped the script and the Patriots were the Cardinals and the Cardinals were the Patriots, what would everyone be saying? You know, the Cardinals made plays when they had to, and the Patriots did not. That's what we'd be hearing. That's right, but, Steve. You know, this this is some <laughs> – they, they've been doing this for – I don't know. I'm, I guess, you know, since Belichick started winning 2001, you know, did they really win the game or did the Cardinals lose the game? As you said <laughs> offline, you are what you are record-wise, right? old right. parcel saying right they're seven and six they won the game the cardinals didn't lose the game they nope. lost because of the Patriots and I, I get so tired of that narrative I mean look uh as Derek said it was far from perfect offensively no. but you know what <laughs> they were already without their top receiver Jacoby Myers then you know uh uh Devontae Parker goes down and you know we'll we'll get to how the officials blew that one. <laughs> I mean, poor guy yeah. was staggering around. He couldn't yeah, even. Yeah, was stand horrible. Up I
2: don't mean to laugh. I mean just how how bad it was. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I they, they that, just you know not laughing at him. that yeah, was, oh, it was
0: awesome. Shout out
1: to Nelson Aguilar for being a good teammate. Yes, and, yes.
0: You know, kudos to Nelson Aguilar yes. for you know sticking up for his teammate like that. Um, but again, you know, then they lose him. Uh, then Ramondre Stevenson goes down and now you're left with two rookie running backs and, and look what they did. Next man up, Steve. They, you talk about, yeah, next man up. But you know what too,
1: what's funny and Steve, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's funny about the rookie running backs, Russ, is it's, it's similar. It was very similar to Bailey Zappi in the preseason with both of these guys because
2: That's a good point. I didn't
1: think that they performed for, they didn't perform well in the preseason. You know, I thought Bailey Zappi looked really, really sped up really, you know, anxious in the pocket. And he kind of came in and became a gamer when he got in this opportunity. Obviously, Pierre strong had that ridiculously bad penalty in uh, Minnesota. uh, You know, but we hadn't really seen him or Kevin Harris run. And, they didn't. They did next to nothing in the preseason. They came in and they uh, they both showed something. I thought you saw Pierre Strong speed. I thought you saw Kevin Harris. I thought you saw his. You know he had enough wiggle in the middle. He had a couple of runs up the middle where he showed some nice wiggle, but he had a lot of power. Uh, I thought he finished runs well. You know these guys that that didn't. We saw a glimpse of in the preseason. We they they you know really outperformed what many expectations were. It was nice to see, you know, sorry to cut you off Steve, but you know, it's like, it's like, you know, we didn't see that, that, that in preseason. I thought we talked about, I know Steve, obviously a big South Carolina guy, you know, when we talked offline after the preseason games, I said, you know, Kevin Harris, I kind of like the way he runs, even though the results weren't there. I think you saw that and you saw kind of the complimentary nature of both of them play. It was cool to see, um, you know, it was cool to see, all right. King, I got to share this comment from Claire. Claire. All right. It's, it's early. All right. Keep in your pants. All right. It's too early for this. All right.
0: <laughs> That's because
2: she read my report card. Yeah. Well, Yeah. We're going to get to Steve's report card in but just yeah. a bit.
0: No, I, you know, going back to that. I mean, I thought Harrison strong had a really good game, especially, mm-hmm. you know, there was no, at that point. Oh, well, we, you know, we're going to sit these guys down. <laughs> They the Patriots had no choice. Oh man,
2: yeah,
0: so they were in, and you know what? They responded that run by uh strong that 44 yard run. That's the speed, yep. That Derek and I were talking about in the uh, you know, the draft stuff that we did. I mean, this that was guy crazy
2: could... speed. No, honestly, and I'm glad that you guys had said that. I'm, I'm sorry to jump in. Because that was the part. I'm glad that Derek talked about this. We did not see any of this in the preseason. I want to give kudos to both running backs, but Pierre Strong, I thought, was even a bigger jump from the preseason. And than, I was sitting
1: midfield. Then Harris,
2: I, I I was not ready to see what he gave us there.
1: Yeah, I was sitting midfield, and he ran on the side of the on, on my on the side that I was sitting on. And he's running, and you could see it. You know, it was evident. You know, just just in person, just he just moved a little bit faster than everybody else, and uh, it was it, w- it was impressive. I mean, and hey, I mean, we look. I do, I like Damian Harris. Um, I think he's a good. He seems like a good person. He seems like a good teammate. Uh, obviously, I think he's a very good player. Just because I think for Mondaire, Stevenson is a better play it doesn't mean I think there's not a good spot for Damian Harris, but he is a free agent after the year. And I pretty, it's not just me, but it seemed like it was pretty evident the team picked its direction when they drafted two yeah. running backs and three in the last two years. If, if, you know, I was, and I said this to Steve offline, Harris and Stevenson complement each other better than you would think on paper, but Stevenson having, a guy in Kevin Harris to kind of spell Stevenson and having someone like Pierre strong with that speed to compliment him. I think next year going forward, you're in pretty good hands in the backfield. Uh, that's yeah. A good point. I think
0: as I wrote, I mean, I think strong is that heir apparent to James white, that third down roll. I mean, you see that speed he has, if they can get him the ball in space, you know, on an obvious type of passing down, he can, he can motor, you know. He he's got the speed, so I think that you know. And again, I mean, um uh, talking about is a winner win, whatever you know. Look at the defense, six sacks. Josh Uche was immense. Yep. And I'm I, again, these a lot of fans have been fed this negativity for so long. They look for a dark cloud and everything. And I saw a lot of comments that Josh Uche is nothing more than Chase Winovich. 2. Oh, okay. And, well, that's not like, the
2: case. <laughs> I I think he's blown that out of the water. But, Steve, again, to get to the poll, and then I want to move on, because I definitely want to get to your report, because I'm glad that we already kind of touched it with the running backs. Here are yeah. my thoughts on why I brought this to the table, why I did a poll. So I – Listen, I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'd still listen, I still watch, even though I know better, Steve. Yes, you're right. I, I I know better, but I still do. And one of the comments I heard, Steve, because I want to talk about this right now, was about Cliff Kingsbury and how Cliff Kingsbury went for it on fourth down. And this is an example of how they lost the game. Now, I understand where they're going on this. However, a player that I think we have ripped. A decent amount before the season began, Jelani Tavai made yeah. a wonderful play. So, in every instance where I had heard that the Cardinals lost it, the Patriots made a play. It wasn't just that I could give other examples as well. So, this idea that the Patriots lost the game, I'm not buying at all. I mean, I'm talking about the Cardinals lost it. The Patriots won the game because you still have to win the game, you still have to make the plays.
1: And I'd say this too I do think the Cardinal, if you want to tell me that the Patriots, you know, I don't know how to phrase it. If you want to say the Patriots got lucky because Kyler Murray went yeah, down and and they dodged the element of a running quarterback, I'd say yeah. But I would also counter this by saying there are a lot of Cardinals fans, a lot of Cardinals fans that I spoke to on, um, you know, either during or after the game that thought that Colt McCoy ran the offense better than Kyler did. Because if you haven't really paid attention to the Cardinals this year, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray have been under fire after both, you know, receiving some big time extensions and they both have been under fire. I mean, people still think that Cliff's going to get fired after the year and Kyler has been running around like crazy and that Colt McCoy is a little bit more patient and willing to throw where Kyler's just kind of running like a fire drill all the time. And, you know, I, I, I just think that when, if you want to tell me, you know, that, you know, the Cardinals made some really boneheaded mistakes. I would say I agree, but I also think, you know, the Patriots had more than enough opportunities, you know, to, 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 make the, you know, to make the plays in order to win the game. And they did it, Uh you know, they did it time and time again. And, and trust me, <laughs> anyone listening to the show for the last decade knows that I wouldn't miss an opportunity to dump on the Patriots. If I thought that they just, no, I did not no. think this was, <laughs> I did not think that was this game.
0: Well, okay. first of all, thanks to Chris and, and Claire, Claire called you a perv, by the way. And, yeah, uh, I know. Well,
1: it's not <laughs> my fault. She's she said that's not what she meant, but she said a tr- she she said it with a winking face. Her comment before, so I don't believe her. But uh, <laughs> also, yeah. I liked Chris's comment where he said twenty eight wise men when he talking. I said twenty eight at the thirty I was with in the parking lot. Said yeah. they did one of the firemen. That was
0: awesome. <laughs> um, you know, uh, for the people that were, you know, commenting on, King, uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury there, right. I mean, he's done that his whole coaching career. If they're plus side of the 50, they're going for it on fourth down. That's his M.O. So it's not like they did something different. No, it wasn't a shock, Steve.
2: That wasn't a shock.
0: You know, every time they got to fourth down, if they were even close to midfield, I figured they were going to go for it. But, Steve, Tavai made the play, and I think that's what gets lost uh, in all this. Yeah, he made a really good play on that particular one. And, you know, the Patriots made good plays on others. I mean, they sacked him on one fourth down, you know, speaking of McCoy. But, I mean, you know, uh, Derek, you talked about McCoy running the offense better. I saw something, I want to say it was from Paul Perillo last week, where he said when he's on the run, now obviously Murray is a threat to run and, and gain some yardage. But when he throws on the run, uh, I think it was Paul. I, I don't recall the exact uh, uh, stats there, but it was awful when he throws on the run. And his numbers were awful, you know. And I, I thought I found that really curious because you normally think, you know, you have a mobile quarterback. Yeah, he's a threat to run. But if he, you know, gets the defense out of out of whack there and he starts to run. When he throws it, somebody's going to be wide open. But right. I, I, I want to say that was Paul who wrote that. Okay, I, didn't, I,
1: I, I didn't see it, Steve. But I'll tell you this: I think Kyler's had a lot of problems in the pocket, and the reason is is because of his stat, you know, his size. He's just not that tall, and it's mm-hmm. hard to see over the so, uh, um, you know, over the lineman. He throws better when he can roll out, set his feet and throw if he's throwing on the run he hasn't been playing well if he's staying in the pocket he hasn't been it's the both the completion percentages are not are not extremely high but i mean he's the whole offense has been out of sync uh you know almost the entire year and now granted granted you know they traded for hollywood brown deandre hopkins uh who missed a lot of games by the way you know uh kyler's had some injury issues DeAndre Hopkins missed the first several games. They haven't had a lot of games where they've had all of their personnel. And when they had prior to this game, they were averaging, I want to say, close to 27 points. Well, they only put up 13 in this game. You know, they uh, and that's a credit to the Patriots defense. And I think the Patriots defense hasn't given hasn't been given enough credit for this game. And I and I get it. I get it. It's Colt McCoy. Okay, but you still had a lot of weapons on the other side of the ball. And I thought that they may play specifically in the second half for us. I yeah. thought that, you know, you talk about Josh Uche, who's really emerged the last, I'd say, third or so of a season. And I, I think he's playing his best football right now. They have found a role for Josh Uche. And look, he spells he spells Judon a lot. Both don't set the edge very well, but Uche has some special bend and pass rushing ability around that edge. And I think he, I think what they've done with Josh Uche is instead of him kind of going up the field and kind of like taking like more like, perpendicular type of routes, I guess, uh, you know, to the quarterback, he's really closing on the quarterback a little bit more directly. And his speed is really hard for tackles to handle. Derek I think it's the angles Josh,
2: that he's taking. He's yeah, taking I, his, I, think,
1: I, I think with Josh, you've seen his best football the last five games or so. And he's showing that he can be a really good complementary piece to that front seven. He's, he's, he's a weapon up there right now. And it's really nice to see. Okay. Yeah. Stuff. You
0: know, and, I I want to give a little credit to one of the coaches about that. I think Joe Kim has a lot to do with that. He's that martial arts guy that the Patriots yep. use for their hands. Because if you notice on that early uh, when he was a rookie and maybe, you know, last year uh, um, in training camp and stuff, we saw that Lyman were able to get into him and, you know, he's not, a huge guy. So when they were able to get into his body, then he got locked up. If you see the way he's using his hands this year, he's able to keep them away. And then he uses his athleticism and that bend ability, which you can't teach that. I mean, that bend ability, either somebody has it really well or they don't. And I think, you know, you have to look at that as, you know, that's just another tool in the box that he's able to use these days.
1: Okay. Yeah, and I'm I'm not comparing. Please, people who are listening, don't don't take this as a as a direct comparison. But like, if you watch someone like Von Miller, he can bend like nobody's That's, business. Like he's, right. in, he's incredible. It's not the same as like a Chandler Jones or a Demarcus Ware. It's not like this. I mean, they, they, those are all special pass rushers, but the bend and the ability to get underneath the tackle mm-hmm. is something Josh Uche does that looks something similar to Miller. Obviously Miller's one of the greatest pass rushers that's league has ever seen. I'm not, like I said, I'm not comparing the two, but right. the way, well, the yeah. way it seems like Uche is playing right now where he, he's really seems like his traits and his tools. He's figured it out, Derek. Yeah. I think he has Russ. I do. I, I mean, look, yeah. we've been talking about this kid for three years. Okay, it's, and right. he was a, he was uh, I I mean I hand up I'm not usually wrong Russ as you know you can tell the audience. Yeah, I'm not yeah usually I know wrong. you're right, never you know, wrong I know. And, and and I thought for sure his rookie year coming out of Michigan <laughs> I can't help myself uh <laughs> I, you know his rookie year out of Michigan I thought he yep. would be more impactful early I mean heck we've talked about it on this show a thousand times Peter King said he was going to be the defensive player of the or defensive rookie of the year yeah but sometimes it takes the guys like, a little bit to figure out. I don't know if he's just a situational guy. If he is, but 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 I but I do know that he's playing his best football right now, yep. and it's coming at a huge time because they've needed it. Because the back, I still am not convinced with the secondary guys. I, I still think the front seven <laughs> has helped them cover up a lot of things in the secondary, sure. and and with with Dietrich Wise having a career year, Matt Judon having a special year, Uche emerging, and Freddie Jennings playing a role. You know, I just. I, I just I just think that front seven right now is really, really helping out your back end because I think depth's been a question, and uh, it's been a little up and down.
2: Okay, great stuff. All right, guys, just for time's sake, we're going to go through Steve's report card kind of quick. I'm going to break it up into offense and defense, and uh, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read the grades, Steve, and I want you to comment on the one that stands out the most from, say, offense and defense. Does that make sense? So, so let's go to Steve's report card. I'm going to share it right now, and I'm going to go through Steve's grades, and I find them interesting. And if you want to read Steve, please go to pastfans.com and read them. And not Steve. To be honest with you, do you know how I saw your report card today? How did I see your report card today, Steve?
0: I have no idea.
2: It would be someone by the name of Claire Cooper shared it.
0: So oh, yes,
2: Claire I shared Claire. it, and that gave me the idea. <laughs> to do Steve's report card and, and go through it. So that's what we are going to do right now. So let me just pull this up and we will go through Steve's report card. And like I said, I'm just going to read the grades. Then Steve, I'll go to you. And you, let's just talk a little bit about the one that stands out. I want to start with the first one. Quarterback, B minus. Running backs, B. Wide receivers, C. Tight ends, B minus. Uh-oh, Claire. Offensive line, B. See, so that's on the offense, Steve. Give me your thoughts about your grades and the one that stands out to you. I'm going to say quarterback.
0: Okay. uh, I'll, uh You know, Mac Jones, I thought handled the offense very well. He was able to manipulate some of the defensive backs, especially on that Hunter Henry pass uh, by keeping the safety over to the left. And then he turned to Henry down the seam. I thought that was a really good play by him. Uh, I loved the pass that uh, he made to Kendrick Bourne along the sideline. I thought that was probably his best play of the game. And that uh, pass to Nelson Aguilar, you know, know, on the outside, I think it was for – 14 yards when it was third and 13, I I mean, I thought that was a dime. And, you know, at the end of the game, I was looking at it. At, yeah, he made some not so great plays. But overall, I thought the uh, positives outweighed the negatives. And then, you know, I look at Peyton Manning. I think he knows a little bit about his quarterback position. On yep. his show, he said he's made some big-time throws tonight. And he said it's been an impressive game for him. That's great.
2: Steve, before I go to Derek
0: and get his thoughts on your grades on the
2: offense, because uh, I just wanted to highlight Mac Jones, I do want to go back and talk a little bit about the tight ends. The frustration I have, and I know Claire will agree with me, I don't think they're utilizing them enough, especially (laughs) in the passing game. And I'm still wondering why. Now, I've heard the reasoning might be for blocking because the offensive line is is crap, and I would actually probably agree with that. But at some point, where the hell is John Smith in the passing game? And where is more of the passes to Hunter Henry in the seam? Why aren't they
0: doing this more? Well, he, he had two seam passes to Hunter Henry. One, I think, went for 24. The other one was that big play down the seam where he went for 39. Right. He had three catches for 70 yards. So, as I wrote, why aren't they doing it more? I mean, (laughs) it seems every time they attempt one of these, it works. Exactly. So, so why don't you keep doing it until the other team stops it, rather than the other way around? Hey, it worked, but now, you know, we're going to throw a two-yard bubble screen. Well, that's... I hate to go to talk about Matt Patricia, but that goes to
2: the offensive coordinator in name. He's not, but I have, it's something that Josh McDaniels would do Derek. He would run a play until you would stop it. Why the heck are they not doing it? And I, I actually put blame on Matt Patricia on this one because oh, it's, oh, it's working Derek. It's working. Why are you not using it more? What, you know, like I said, I heard part of the reasoning is that, that they want these guys to block. Screw that. If this is going to work, keep doing it until they stop it, Derek.
1: No, it, it's it's honestly, it's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen um, on a football <laughs> field. I'm not kidding. It's, it's for one, Hunter Henry has struggled blocking all year long. I, and I don't know why they think it's a good idea to put Hunter Henry blocking against J.J. Watt. He has shown the ability, that he has shown that he cannot do it. This season, he consistently is being put on an island against these pass rushers, and I don't understand it. Uh, I just—it's just not his strong suit. He should be doing what he was, what 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 he did in this game, which is running up the seam and creating some space vertically. And I'll say this too, um, you know, Russ, Steve, and I talked offline yesterday, and I we were just kind of talking about the game, and and for so many years, we talked about the Patriots building a team and being greater than the sum of their parts. And right now they're less than the sum of their parts on offense. They are not, they're not maximizing this group's ability. You can tell me, you can tell me they don't have great personnel and I would, I would agree with you, but they're better than what they're showing right now.
2: I totally agree, Derek. And that's the frustrating part of this. And that's
1: coaching Russ. That's coaching. No.
2: no, And listen, I I didn't want to go there with the coaching. Okay. I'm there now because it's, it's very obvious. Steve, it's very obvious when I compare it to the offensive coordinator prior, and I know what his he would be doing. He would be running a play until you stopped it. But we've got a guy here that is more interested in bubble screens or any type of screen because that's the tendency to go against what the Cardinals are doing. Well, you know
0: what? If something's working, you do it until it doesn't, Steve. I agree. I mean, you know, um, th- he is so cautious to the point of being afraid. But he ran a defense this way, too. Okay, what's called call a spade, a spade here, true. as my father would say. He, was very, he ran a very, defense
2: very conservatively.
0: Yep. He was very conservative uh, as a defensive coordinator. He always tried to keep everything in front of him. You know, not give up the big play, but we'll let, you know, up the the little short stuff all game long. Um, but, you know, you have to see. I mean, he's a smart dude. I mean, he's, very not, smart. he's a very, very smart guy. And he has to see it ain't working. And teams are just, you know, first quarter, you might hit a couple of those screens. And then, yeah, as they're coming off the field, the defensive coaches, who get paid, too, on the other side, you know, they're telling their players, okay, this is what they're running. And what do you see? You see the, you know, the linebackers creeping up and the safeties creeping up. And those short screen passes don't work anymore. Yep. And, you know, look at the Buffalo game uh, a week ago. They hit that first screen. You know, that was Marcus Jones' first snap on offense. I'm sure Buffalo thought it was just you know, a decoy of something or whatever. They probably assumed he was going to run deep with his speed. And they hit it for a touchdown. What happened after that? The rest of the game, they only got a field goal. Because Buffalo figured it out, and they weren't going to let you beat them that way. Right.
2: And And then you move on to something else, Steve. And that's the point that I don't get here, is that As a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator, why are you banging your head against the wall by continually doing the same thing, especially when it's not working? I just don't know if he knows how to do it any
1: other way. You know, that's the thing. It's like I don't. I mean, and you're seeing issues. You're seeing issues from play calling, the repetitiveness. It's like you know this the the amount of short passes and screens we saw on Monday night is literally not a professional offense. It's not a there. There is. They, they are playing with one hand behind their back right now. And they're also having extreme issues up front and guess who is technically in charge of the offensive line. I mean, I, I, I just, I, I just, unfortunately this game is a good kind of, you know, I guess put under a microscope of what we were so worried about going yep. into the season, because there was so many issues up front. There's so many issues with the offensive play calling. It's like, it's like you're surprised when the Patriots have a play of like more than 20 yards, because you're just expecting them to get three, four yards at a time. And, and in, you know, what it is, you know, I said this to Steve yesterday, Russ, but it's like, God forbid, there's an offensive penalty because they can't overcome it. You just know the drive is over illegal shift, illegal formation, holding false start. You know, the drive, they are dead in the water and they can't survive that. And it's, it's unfortunately a lot of what we were worried about heading into the season has been realized and they, they just, again, I'm not telling you this is a playoff team with better coaching, but I'll tell you this, Josh McDaniels, Ted Karras, and Shaq Mason were on this team last year and they were a top 10 statistical offense right now. They're ranking anywhere between 25 and 31 in a lot of categories. One guy went to free agency, one guy they traded for a fifth-round draft pick, the other guy became a head coach, and you replaced him with Matt Patricia, and your offense fell off a cliff. And what well, have been I, the biggest two issues right now? Yeah, play calling I, I, slash play design and up front. No, I, I mean, it's I, simple as I, that. I,
0: I think McDaniel is the real reason. Because yeah, I agree with that, I, definitely. Um you know they they lost has didn't one one who
2: done a good job Steve honestly he's been,
0: he's been terrific but a one done a, a, a tremendous job this year and uh so I you know I don't look at that as as being a big drop off if at all no, It's McDaniels the, it's McDaniels because you know granted early last season they had you know the shackles on Mac Jones cuz he was a rookie and they were afraid of him you know, uh, him making too many mistakes and then losing his confidence. But, you know, late in the season, they were allowing him to do a little bit more. I know if McDaniels had stuck around, they were going to open the playbook up. Yeah. And this year, I mean, a prime example, I think in the first, first quarter and maybe into the early second quarter, I I watched third and 11 third and, uh, 3rd and 13, 3rd and 14, and 3rd and 11 on three consecutive drives. Yep. And I'm like, you can't be successful this way. No. I don't care who you are. If you're constantly behind the sticks like that, you're not going to win many football games. And, you know, luckily they were able to overcome that. But, I mean – that's all on coaching and they're so predictable on first down, they're going to run the football. Okay. I get it. You're a running team, but you have to mix that up. You have to put your quarterback under center and at least give them the illusion that you may play action pass, you know, and it's, you, you, uh, I, everyone says, Oh, the Patriots don't have a, you know, a great skill position group. These guys are plenty good to win a lot of football games.
2: Oh, I totally agree, Steve. And I think going back to something Derek said, and then I definitely want to talk a little bit about the defense and your report card, is that Derek said that we're not getting the best out of these players, and I would totally agree with that. You have two tight ends that they've spent so much money on, and you are not getting a return on investment. Is it the players, or is it the coaching behind the players? I'm leaning towards it's – the coaching, because they're not putting in these two players in the best position to succeed. Now, did they give too much money to Nelson Aguilar? Possibly. But are you put him in the best position to succeed? Why isn't Kendrick Bourne play- I mean, I can go on and on and on. They have and players you, there and, that and can and help you win games.
0: Film. And watch the film. Watch the all-22s after these games. And, you know, people want to complain and bitch and moan about, you know, Nelson Aguilar. Hey, I get it. He does drop a lot of passes. We've always known that. That's been his M.O. But you look how they're using him in Bourne. Yep. And, you know, they're running four, five, six-yard routes. That's it. Yeah. And it's like, well, why is he only getting correctly. five yards in a reception? Because he, you're
2: throwing to him in front of the linebackers. Exactly. Exactly. Steve, let's uh move on because I, I definitely want to get your thoughts and uh, Derek's thoughts. Actually, I'll go to Derek first because you – you wrote this in, in your report card so we can just talk about five minutes on the Patriots Stevens. We've already been doing it, but I definitely want to uh, go into a little bit more detail on it. So let me just uh, pull this up quickly and we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the grades. So Derek, Steve gave defensive line a C, linebackers an A and then gave the secondary B minus you had a good view of all of this being at the game share your thoughts on Steve's grades
1: what was the defensive line you said C C yeah i did think the defensive line struggled a bit in this game um i would agree with 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 Steve's uh you know ratings uh, of each positional group i do think that while the defensive line struggled i thought the edge rushers had a pretty good game for the majority of it. I did like the way that James Conner of the Cardinals running back ran. Uh, he's a he's a tough guy. He's a he's a tough guy to uh, bring down. He's really big too. He's bigger than you'd think. Um, you know, uh, you know, on, te- on television. Too. But well, I'm sorry. He's strong. He's yeah, extremely. Strong. Um, extremely. But I look, I think the Patriots secondaries play well. I thought Marcus Jones uh was forced, you know, he was kind of forced into the lineup with Jack Jones getting hurt. Uh, I don't know how serious that is. I think it's going to be kind of like a day-to-day situation with Jack with Jack with the the knee issue. Uh, I think obviously, ja- obviously Jalen Mills uh, has been out for a little while, and I think John Jones has been doing the best he can. And some very tough spots that the, that the coaching staff is putting him in right now, uh, because I don't think he's. I-, I think we all. I think we all are. are pro- we're probably all on the same page. He's a good player, but he's not. You know, at the level where he should be covering some of these number one guys one on one, but they don't really have any other options. You know, these, the, the, he's the best one, and and I think that he's done a very good job. You know, considering the you know the circumstances, they were really spinning the dial on who was covering DeAndre Hopkins in this game, uh, and uh, and look, a lot of the times they answered the they answered the call. Uh, so I, I think defensively they made they certainly made plenty of plays. Uh, I thought that they were better in the second half than the first half, but they also were able to kind of pin their ears back a little bit more too because of the way the, the game unfolded. So, uh, you know, I give the defense some credit for for kind of establishing them after they were able to establish themselves to really kind of taking over and closing out the game.
2: Right, and I think Steve's grades are very fair, especially yep. on the defensive line because they were having a really hard time start, stopping uh, Connor. So it's fair grade to give a C, but I think it's an excellent – Read, I think you definitely should read what Steve shared and uh, giving an A to the linebackers. I completely agree with that. And I thought the secondary held their own with what they were dealing with, being hamstrung by the injury. And like you mentioned, Derek, Jalen Mills being out. So real quick, guys, before we preview the game, I do definitely want to talk about the Lou Maloney situation. We'll do that in another show. I do want to talk about one subject, though. And I want to address this because I was called out about this from Miguel, and uh I just want to just address this and get your thoughts. Is this season over? Now, let me clarify what I kind of mean by that, and then I want to get your thoughts, and then we'll preview the game.
1: You mean last week when you said the season was over?
2: Yes, I did say that. <laughs> I did say that. I, I said that, yes, they could get into the playoffs. I don't want path talk. I said all that. But where it's coming from is I don't see them as a contender in the playoffs, even if they got in, I've accepted that the loss to the Bills kind of showed me where they are. They are who they are, seven and six. They're an average football team. Let's just call it what it is. They could still make the playoffs. But what I mean is the season over, I'm talking about if you are thinking about it in terms of they could potentially do something in the playoffs. I don't see it. So that's kind of where I'm going on it. My focus is more, to what we've been talking about, talking about the games, but also talking about what we're seeing coming down the the road, guys. We're seeing young players having significant roles on this team. And that, to me, is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the future, what we're seeing. I'm I'm watching very closely the Mac Jones situation, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones. (laughs) Even, I'm going to say, the backup quarterback we might see. Who knows? Bailey Zappi. We don't know. In the future, if we'll see him again. But this rookie oh, class nice. is probably one of the best rookie classes they've had in a long time. And I'm watching their development and the young players. You're, you're shaking your head now, Derek?
1: I, I just don't. I, I just don't want to just jump to conclude. I mean, it's only been 13 games of their career, 14 games. I mean, we're talking I'm, about... I'm
2: talking about, of uh, say, your first year. Yeah, in the first I just... Year.
1: I. You just—I mean, hey, look—we all thought that last year's draft class was a was a home run, and we don't know about Mac Jones and Christian Barmore has been absent all year, so I don't want to just jump to—I just just, don't—it just—it's hard. I know it. I know everyone wants instant gratification. I'm with you, but draft classes—it takes a couple years, and it's hard. because guess what? Before last, before the other game, before before this game, Russ, I would have told you that Pierre Strong made a boneheaded play and hasn't done anything. Kevin Harris hasn't done anything. You know, I mean, there's no, it's just, we don't know. We don't know Russ yet. It's just all I'm saying. It's just too early.
2: Okay. But what are your thoughts about me bringing up is this season over where I'm going on that I'm focusing on the players themselves and, and basically accepting what I think this team is, which is an average football team. Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, they are what they are. And right now I just, I I don't think they're playing as well as they could be. Uh I, I I get I get torn because you know in many respects we saw this coming. I mean collectively, I mean our listeners too, uh you know saw this coming. But I still think this team is underperforming and I do think it's a large part to coaching. I really do. Okay, I mean fair. hey, I mean to be to be fair, to be fair, I did pick like an eight or nine or a nine or eight record. You, you both did. had, you both thought that they were going to be better, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that I think that you guys could have been right if they had better coaching on this team. I don't think they're being That's coached as well as they can be. I really don't. I'm not. I I think from a talent perspective, they would be even worse if Bill wasn't the head coach of this team. Or from oh, yeah. from a record standpoint, I think they'd yeah. be at least two or three games worse than, than without him. Well, but I also. I, but I also know that he can't do it by himself and that and that he needs – that that it's clear, it's extremely clear, especially on offense right now, that they're not – they're spread too thin and they don't have enough. Now, per, from a personnel standpoint, they need help. There's no doubt. I'm not telling you this is the most talented football team. And, Russ, to your point, they could make the postseason and I don't consider them a, t- a contender either. But but at the same time, I think a lot of their problems have been from a coaching standpoint this year. Okay. And it's it's, <laughs> it's evident. Okay, and I'm
2: not going to disagree with that, Derek, because I think that they're not utilizing the talent that they have. And if you if that's the case, that goes back to coaching. Steve, do you understand where I was going with the is this season over mantra from last week? That's where I was going on it. Yes, I was frustrated by Buffalo. It
0: came came out all wrong.
2: Probably. You know, probably. And and that's a Goldman, as Miguel said, well, there are two Goldmans for you
0: you didn't explain it further so yeah hey look we all know the uh the the last four games schedule for the patriots is daunting okay we all know that but we've seen crazier stuff happen in the past i mean you know uh, we talk about you know whatever but they're only a game behind miami Yeah, You know, everyone thinks Miami's kind of a juggernaut this year. The Patriots are only a game behind them.
2: I know. And then,
0: you know, uh, Miami's coming here. And as we all know, you know, at that time of the year, the weather can turn really crappy in Gillette, just like it can turn crappy up in uh, Buffalo. You never know what's going to happen. And that's why I'm saying, hey, look, do I think they're going to compete for the conference title? No, but I'm not, um, you know, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, the playoffs are out of the question because uh, the fact of the matter is if the season ended today, they'd be in. Are they going to make noise? Not the way the offense is constructed as present, but, you know, like I said, you never know what's going to happen. So, you know, they have to play it out. And right now, they're they're doing really well. To, I read a lot last week where people quoting sources in the Patriots organization that if they lost to the Cardinals, oh. that Belichick's future would be in question. And, and I have to laugh at that because I'm like, without Belichick this year, where do you think they're at? They're not seven and six. And I'm not talking they're not going to be higher up. They'd probably be about what? three and 10 maybe maybe and that's you know again and
2: listen we're gonna do this on, on a future show but I who would wanna...
0: you replace him with
2: well you, I, all right oh bill that's we're going been to my thing go. who are you gonna replace him with that... sean payton Yeah,
0: <laughs> i was gonna say i was gonna be a smart and say oh matt patricia <laughs> <laughs> okay
2: okay okay all right all right, enough, enough, enough. I'm not saying.
1: Our- I, hang on, I'm not saying I'm going to fire <laughs> Bill for Sean Payton. I'll tell you though, I'm, I'm not. This is not kidding. If, if, if Robert Kraft come came to Bill at the end of the season and he said, "So what's your plan up with the offensive coaches? I think we need some help." And Bill said, "I think we're going to be okay. We're going to run it back." I'd say, "There's the door," and I'd call Sean Payton right there. He'd be like, "All right, here, here's ten years, a hundred million dollars, or whatever you want. Here's, <laughs> okay. here's ten and 150. You know? Okay.
2: Okay. Enough talk about future coaches and uh, will Bill survive? I think he's going to survive. but
1: I think he'll survive, com- survive too.
2: Yes. <laughs> Coming up next, guys, we're going to preview very quickly the upcoming game for the Patriots against the Vegas Raiders.
1: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps>
2: Okay, guys, let's get to it. Steve, I'll give you first crack at this before we break down who which team has the advantage. Thoughts on McDaniels and the
0: Raiders. Well, um, you know, when we saw the Raiders in training camp, the Patriots had, you know, a, a couple of joint practices with them. And then, you know, we saw them in that preseason game. I was thinking, woo, this team is going to be really good this year, you know. And they started off horribly. and Then they went on a roll, but then, you know, their season took a big hit when they lost that game last week. Yep. And I'm thinking, you know, um, this is a team also that has underperformed. I thought they were getting it together, but um, we're going to see their A game. Okay. On Sunday. Okay. Get wrong to it, as Justin Wilson used to Okay.
2: Say. Derek, quickly your thoughts, and then we'll break down this game.
1: Well, I, I think the Raiders have had a t- tough start to the season. They rallied back a little bit and then lost in some heartbreaking fashion uh, to the Baker Mayfield-led Rams <laughs> last week, which was pretty bizarre. Uh, Boomer Sooner. You know what's funny? <laughs> what's, what's funny is – I thought that, you know, there was a lot of criticism for the Raiders playing press coverage uh that last drive uh when the Rams, you know, when they came back and won. But I've also heard a thousand times how people guys are playing too far off. So and that just shows you no one's going to be happy anymore. But no. look, I think what many of us well, not me, but many people thought that kind of overlooked with this Raiders team is how bad the secondary is. I mean, and which is why I didn't really understand why people, I thought like the chargers to me, has been a little surprising. I thought they'd be better than what they have been, but I thought it was, you know, chiefs chargers before the season. Yeah. I know people like Rich Eisen, for example, I, I love Rich. I'm just, I'm just using him as an example. They thought the Raiders were going to win the, the whole thing. And, and look, Chandler Jones came and Max Crosby's a beast up front. They have some nice rushers, but you know, their secondary is really, really you know, a a huge question mark and that's let them down a lot this year. Uh, I think the offense has gotten better because people, you know, are impatient and they don't realize that, Hey, Josh is implementing a whole new system. They had to get everybody on board. They've had a lot of injuries. Darren Waller's missed a big chunk of the year, but you got Josh Jacobs, who's absolutely having his best career year. Uh, And, they have a lot going on you know, to deal with on offense, but defensively they can be had in the secondary. If the Patriots can block Max Crosby, which is a tall order, they, they'll they have opportunities to score in this game, but I'll be curious to see how it comes.
2: Okay. Well, Derek, I'm going to go right back yeah. to you. Let's talk about the passing
0: game, and then I'll go well, to Houston. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Do you have something you want to say, Steve? Yeah. Can we roll back the uh, time machine to uh, preseason? Because everyone was talking about, oh, you know, the that division is going to be a juggernaut, and yeah. I remember saying, "Oh yeah, there's going to be one team that kind of rises to the top, and the rest of them are all playing each other, you know, twice a year." Yeah. That I didn't think more than one team was going to make the playoffs out of that division, and I think it's really looking that way right now. Maybe the Chargers, you know. Uh, make it because the, their schedule is not that daunting, so maybe no, the I Chargers.
1: Think, I think yeah. the Chargers make it over the Patriots right now because I just think the Patriots' schedule is harder, and the Chargers is, you know, well, I'm they're, not they're sure
0: Miami's gonna make it
1: Let's really you. well. You look at them the last
0: two weeks, they seem to have hit a roadblock.
1: It's the offensive line that's been an issue for them,
0: yep. And what happens? if that offensive line continues to be an issue and that quarterback gets hurt. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, it's true. Fair point. All right, Derek, let me go to you. Which team has the advantage when the Patriots are on offense and the uh, Raiders are on defense? In the passing game, we were just talking about it. So who do you give the advantage to here?
1: Yeah, I, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but I'm going to give the Patriots the advantage. <laughs> uh, I, I, I I, I, do think I do Steve's think. There's a few. There's a few players on that Raiders defense that um, you know are are good players, but I just think. I mean, name one. Russ, can you name a cornerback on the Raiders? I can't. Yeah, I right can't. off the top of your head, right? I'm and I'm not. I'm not making fun of you. I, I'm. I, I'm just. I'm just saying. It's like there's not a lot of names that a lot of people would know right off the top of their head in that secondary. And look, I think the Patriots have been extremely conservative, maybe even to a fault at certain times this season in the passing game. I do think this is a week where you can where you can dial up some of what they wanted to do early on in the year, which is take bigger shots down the field. Again, the biggest thing is that you take care of Max Crosby off the edge. The Patriots tackle situation has been horrendous all season long. They need to figure out a way to take Max Crosby out of this game. If they do that, the Patriots will be able to put up points and move the ball.
0: Okay. That's where Yodnika just comes in this week.
1: Hopefully. Sixth. What do you think? It's sixth offensive lineman, Steve? Six. Yep. And I
0: double-team whatever side Crosby decides to match up with. Yep. I'm putting that extra tackle on that side. I agree. And, it, you know, the old Belichick thing, if you're going to beat us, you're not going to beat us with that With that guy. Right. Yep. That's right. what I do this week. What they used to do
2: with J.J. Watt, J.J. Watt was never going to beat them. They right. weren't going to allow it. And that's what they should do this week. All right, Steve, over to you. Which team has advantage when the Patriots are on offense and the Raiders are on defense
0: in the running game? I think the Raiders do. Uh, the offensive line has not been great at opening holes there. And I, I think that's the strength of the Raiders' defense is their run defense. So I, I don't expect a whole lot on the ground this week. I know a lot of people were mentioning uh, – Because if you look at the stats from Monday night, hey, they averaged 4.9 yards a carry. They rushed for 102 yards. 74 of those yards were on three plays. Okay. All right. Good stuff, Steve. Right back to you.
2: Who has the advantage when the Patriots are on defense and the Raiders are on offense in the passing game?
0: I think New England does. Um, I think that they can get after – you know, Carr. Derek Carr. Who who and I, I have always liked Derek Carr. I know a lot of people are kind of, you know, um on the fence with him. I've always liked him, but I think they can get after him. I think they they've figured out the roles for their past rushers. Although I do think that you're gonna see a, a much bigger front seven this week because of the the next thing we're gonna talk about. Yep. I think you're gonna see a lot of Tavai and uh Bentley in the middle, but I still think they can get after Derek. Okay. Let me ask you this
2: because I think we have to factor this in. How much is McDaniels a factor in this
0: game? Oh, he's huge because he knows the Patriots. I mean, he's been here long enough. He knows their defensive philosophy. He's gone against it in practice for, I don't know, over a decade, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he knows what they like to do in situations. So, you know, that is going to or be vice a
2: versa play. too. you know, that's true. Bill's going to know. And obviously Gerard Mayo and Steve, they're going to know how to beat that offense. They're going to know that, you know, that thing works both ways. Oh yeah. So I just want to mention that Derek over to you. When we get to the running game with, with the Raiders on offense, the Patriots on, are on defense. Like you have already mentioned very good back. Who do you give the advantage to?
1: Well, I, I'm going to give the advantage to the Raiders uh, because Josh has had a good year. And the Patriots have had kind of a Jekyll and Hyde moments on, with the run defense this year. I think that they've done a pretty good job in certain situations. But, I mean, even this last game, James Conner had 85 yards on 15 carries, and he was running for 5.7 a clip. So, look, I think it, this is one of those games, guys, where it's going to be very – interesting how the game declares itself. I could see in some scenario, Bill being comfortable with Josh having some success, you know, some success on the ground because he knows that there are some offensive weapons that they have to worry about in the passing game. If the Patriots get a lead, the running the run defense isn't going to be as big of an issue as it would be. If the Raiders can get some points early, because if, if if the Raiders can get some points early, I think Josh knows that he just needs to stay in front from a point perspective because the Patriots aren't going to come back. They can't put up a lot of points, so I, I think that would be a scenario that would be worse if you were a Patriots fan because you know they Josh can kind of dic- Josh Jacobs. I mean, can kind of dictate the game with his legs. Um, if, if the Patriots are able to get a lead up on this game, I think it would be a little. I think the situation would be a little bit different. But I'm going to give the Raiders the edge here because Josh Jacobs has had a really really nice year.
2: Okay. Guys, let's finish up. Let's do this fairly quickly. Steve, over to you. I want your three keys to victory and a prediction for the game.
0: Yeah. Um, I think from a Patriots perspective, um, key number one, I think, is start fast. That Derek just mentioned that if you get up on a lead on the Raiders, uh, you know, the, the running game becomes uh, less of an issue. And I think that's a that's a great key and uh, kudos to you, my man. But uh, number two, I think you have to go with a a jumbo offensive line in this game. Not only will it help your pass protection, it should help in the running game as well. So I'm looking for Yadnik could just, uh, you know, be in that extra tackle eligible, I guess you could say in this game, not that they're going to throw it to him, right? but you know, and, and number three, I think, you have to start, and we've said this for 13 weeks: pushing the ball down the field and get your tight ends involved in this game. I mean, I, those seam passes we see Fit them there, every, e- every time. Fit so there. anyway, we've beat that horse to death. Yeah. But th- that's my uh, number three key. And I your think prediction? they, I think they pull this one out. i I'm, I'm really? gonna, yeah. I think it's going to be 24-21.
2: 24-21. Oh, wow.
0: I think the defense steps up. Okay. Wow. Mr. Havens, how about you? Your three keys to victory
2: and your prediction?
1: Well, my prediction is similar to Steve's, which is funny. Um, wow. My, 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 first, my, my first key to me in this game, I, we talked about it, was you got to take Max Crosby out of the game. I mean, the Patriots off the line has been really bad this year. I'm not telling anyone anything they don't know. You know, I mean, this the, it's been bad on the edges You know, Trent Brown's not playing well. Right tackle is a turnstile. I I think that you, I like Steve's idea of adding that sixth offensive lineman and it can't be a tight end. Uh, I I don't think either one has had success blocking, you know, right now, but they need to figure out a way they can take Max Crosby out of this game. Uh, My second key, guys, is the red zone. Again, uh, so many issues in the red zone all year long and i really think that and i'm going to use a term that's kind of getting more popular right now the high red zone okay like you know when you're when you're approaching the red zone or just inside of it take a couple shots in the end zone they do not throw the ball into the end zone it's a it, mac, mac jones has seven touchdown passes this year seven that's it i almost have seven i mean what are we talking about so you got to throw the ball into the end zone they have to figure out a way to they have to figure out a way to operate when it gets tight in the red zone. The red zone okay. is a big thing for me. And the third thing to me is just keep it simple. You know, a commandment for the show. Kiss, keep it baby. Simple. Keep it simple, stupid. All right? Josh McDaniels, we know he's going. We, I, I'm sure Josh is going to dial some things up for this game. Okay? I'm sure Matt Patricia Wolf and Bill are, are going through <laughs> yeah. it. Okay, yeah. There will be uh, no less. So over under for two and a half trick plays this game i'm taking the over from josh i i'm sure those are going to be some things that are that are dialed up i just think the pagers need to keep it simple if they play their game and they don't turn the ball over i think even with their limited offense they're going to score or they're going to ask for the raiders okay steve what do you you were were about to chime in and say something what were you gonna say Yeah,
0: no i i had the thumb up because i think the over under for trick plays by the raiders will be more than two and a half yeah, okay. I'm
1: thinking so. Uh, prediction. I, I, I fully expect them to
0: throw a flea flicker <laughs> in this. Oh, game. yeah,
1: I could see it. Prediction That's... for me, uh, you said See, you said 24-21. I'm going 23-20, Patriots. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I have I'm no actually... idea why, but yeah. I'm just picking. Okay,
2: because you guys are so positive, and I don't want to – feel the uh wrath of uh, Miguel again I'm going 2117 Patriots because I I don't I don't want that again so I'm gonna go 2117 <laughs> I am going to go with you guys and uh listen uh I understand why you're predicting a Patriots victory and you know if they play their game if they open up a little bit like you're talking about they can beat this team it, it, this is going to be a chess match but In my mind, like you said, Derek, keep it simple. Don't overthink it, because I think Josh might overthink it.
1: Exactly, and I think the Patriots, look, a lot of their games have been tight in the beginning, and then if the Patriots win, they've been able to create some separation of the back end. I I think the Raiders have shown that they've made a lot of dumb mistakes in critical situations, so as long as the Patriots don't, hurt themselves with penalties or turn the ball over a lot early, I think the Raiders are going to be the ones that lose this game and the Patriots will be able to win it. That's how I see that's how I see this game going. We'll see. I mean, I think the Raiders are more talented. They've they certainly can score more points. Devontae Adams is a I don't know how the Patriots are going to cover him. It's going to be a tough, tough road from that standpoint. But if the Patriots can keep them out of the red zone, and not hurt themselves i think they're going to give themselves an opportunity to win a close game at the end
2: okay excellent stuff great show guys great show before we go on i'm going to just share a little final thought it's something that we, i believe we talked about it at the beginning of the show i did want to talk a little bit about i'll do it in a future show about the negative angle and and how we're all affected by it especially me living here in boston but one thing i do want to share is that uh I was up very late watching the Patriots games, guys, just like you guys were. I had to be up at 3.30 for work, okay? So I didn't get much sleep, and I didn't really watch or listen to too much except for a little bit ESPN after the game. So I wanted to hear some talk about the Patriots on my ride to work literally at 4.30 in the morning. So it's 4.30 in the morning. I put on the Patriots app, and I decide to listen to their post-game show. The first comment I heard, and again, this is kind of where I'm I'm going on when we talk about the negative angle, is I am hearing Paul Perot say, now I don't mean to I don't want to be condescending here. Now, when you say this, you're actually being condescending. So I just want to say when someone says I don't want to be negative or I don't want to be condescending, you're basically saying you're warning everyone. You're going to be a little condescending. It's
1: like when someone says, "No offense, no, no offense." Right. But <laughs> it's no, like, all right, yeah, so you are about to no be extremely offense, But I really <laughs> think you suck.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. So don't so, take it personal. Uh, don't take it personal. And listen, it was uh, Paul Perot, Mike Dusso, and Hardy. Listen, they do a, a good job. They actually do a better post-game show than than the crap that you listen on ninety-eight point five. The sports. A percent. So they, they do a better job. I just found it funny that. Paul started that because I don't think he wanted to be negative, but generally when you say that it usually is a setup for something negative to come. So I, I just wanted to mention that don't go there. Just don't be negative. Just don't be over negative. You can be critical. Just don't go with that negative angle. We'll talk about that on a future show. Anyways, before we wrap it up as always, please do subscribe on YouTube and also on Apple podcasts. It does help Patriots fans find us and, if I keep mentioning this, Ian Logue might not remind me every five minutes to please <laughs> mention this, so I just want to mention that. And please do check out Steve's articles on PatsFans.com. We talked a little bit about him. We shared a little bit of that on Patriots 4th and 2. Please do see Steve and the everyone that writes on PatsFans.com. Okay, well, it's time to wrap up this show. For Derek Havens and Steve Balistrieri, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Patriots 4th and Two. Yes, the official podcast of PatsFans.com.